Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers There's always so much to discuss Let's jump right in It's LA Clips Forum It's LA Clips Forum with Jesse and Brian Welcome to the LA Clips Forum My name's Brian Andrew I'm here with my co-host Jesse Sandoval, what's up guys? I, I got So this happens a lot So me and Jesse are in a group chat and every time we were about to record or something like that, it's just going to be me and Jesse. We're just going to do our thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I'm ha- we're having a pretty damn good conversation with our guys right now. Why don't we just have them on the podcast? Why don't we just do this in person? And that's what we did. So we got the underground goat himself, Trent Maddox. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that was too much. Uh, the last time I was on the pod, I likened the end of the Clippers season to breaking up with your freshman girlfriend mm-hmm. and now it's like three weeks later she's never coming back man i'm never gonna be the same and she's holding nah. hand, she's holding hands with, <laughs> with luca right now oh man i don't even want to talk about that guy but uh yeah i'm good i'm, good. Oh, I'm so, sad someone who's willing to talk about luca what's up jake <laughs> yo what up what's good everybody i'm in full off-season mode which riding the train to off-season town can't, I already came back from Cancun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm here. Yeah. How's Cancun? It's great. It's great. I mean, <laughs> I got uh, some top golf. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Was, was LeBron working out? LeBron was working out. Uh, poolside, shirt <laughs> off, no socks. Like, yeah. I could have. I could have sworn I saw a video of you and you and LeBron rapping lyrics to a song while working out at the same time. Yeah, you're listening to Dreams and Nightmares. Just me, <laughs> me, just, me just Meek Mill, just like super loud. Yeah, shirts off, getting tattoos by the beach. Yeah. <laughs> do uh, sp- uh, do you guys? Did you guys see any Clipper players there, or did you see any Clipper players there? Um, I saw Pat Bev. Which is oh, nice. Yeah. I, I saw Pat Bev on my way out. He was uh, coming in. He was coming in. He was coming I said I waved high and stuff. And, and he was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good to see him. You know, Jake really got me <laughs> thinking that he was in Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he really sold it. He was like, there's a pool there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It was a hell of a story you just woke. <laughs> nice, right? Nice. Uh, coming back to reality. Uh, imagine he really went to Cancun. I just heard his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers are already making offseason moves. I thought it was, they're doing this a lot earlier than I thought they would. They signed Robert Cummington to a two year deal worth $24 million. How do you guys feel, Jesse? I feel absolutely. I don't know. I feel happy. <laughs> uh, I think it was a good. I think it was a good pickup. Uh, Robert Covington was great in our small ball line, lineup, and uh, I just think he brings a lot of energy to this team as well. When he, uh, so it was a much needed pickup. Um, glad to have him on the team, and I think I'm with Jake. I, might, I think I might get a Roku jersey, man. Uh, yeah. All right, all right, Jake. Talk about that jersey and how you feel about it. Look, man, I'm excited to have Roko here. Um, it's cool to like see someone come here, especially after having like a down year. Well, down year earlier in the year for him, and like just you know revitalize his career a little bit and get like that feeling to play ball again. 
and get paid for it. You know, it's not like he didn't get paid like, you know, good. He got paid well. And uh, it, it's good to see him here. And he liked it here. And that means that our, our culture must be great because people are willing to resign when they're being traded to the Clippers, which is I mean, that's better than any story back then. The perfect complimentary player for our group it really is uh, just a tremendous find. He was almost like they just wanted to get off that money in Portland, and we were happy to grab a hold of him and got his bird rights in the process. This deal for two, 12, two years of $12 million is just an extension of his existing contract. It's not a new one, but it keeps him off the free agent market, which somebody could have poached in theory. But uh, just locking him down has been fantastic. It means that we only have three free agents left to deal with. Uh, and outside of that, we're bringing back the whole team. So, all right. I feel like once the Rocco signing happened, the extension, well, once the extension signing happened, it feels like Clippers Twitter really died down the, t- the trade talk, even though they, they, it's, it's, it's not, they, they, they've come up with some trades since then, obviously. That's what they do. They're bored. But, you know, we don't see Rudy Gobert's num- uh, names as much. We don't see a lot of players. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of died down. I think a lot more people are on the camp of like, oh, now that we have Rocco here, okay, maybe we can run it back. So this podcast, even though trades might come up, I want us to kind of keep in mind that, Let's, let's let's do a podcast more about the players that we have and the players sticking around instead of just throwing out random trade stuff, you know, like uh, we'll see, you know, unless it's for Harden. But uh, what else do you feel like needs to happen following the Roco trade? Anyone could speak up. Uh, next up is re-signing Isaiah Hardenstein. For me, that's the big one, because if you don't re-sign him, that all we have to play with right now is that mid-level exemption, which is going to be about 6.2 to 6.4 million, somewhere in there, uh, and minimums. And that's the list. So if we, if our backup center walks away, we have to find a new one. And uh, we don't have a whole lot of ammunition to make that happen. Like there's a minimum guy, maybe. Like you you comfortable with going into next season with Boogie Cousins as your backup? Uh, I don't know. Would Mitchell Robinson take a, a 6.4 to play with us? Are you comfortable with his health situation? Maybe more so than Boogie. At least he's young. I just I don't know that we can replace that that backup two with a quality guy with what we have left. No, I definitely agree with Trent on that one. <clears throat> uh, not just replacing him, but the fact that. I honestly enjoyed Hardenstein and his team. I I loved watching him play. Um, he brought a lot of like he brought a lot of options on the offensive end. Uh, obviously on the defensive end, he he had some uh, some shortcomings. But you know, for a backup center, you couldn't you can't knock him for that. So, um, and as Trent mentioned, and <laughs> he's done his research, <laughs> there's not really a lot of options. So I have to agree with 100 percent with Trent. I think uh, probably Hartenstein is probably the um, the next domino to fall. Like I, I would assume that they're going to make their choice on him or whatever they want to do. Uh, I'm in the camp of either or resign or let him walk, whichever really. I mean, you know, there's so I always look at it like if you pair him next to Kawhi, there's so much potential, you know, just offensive versatility and stuff. And if they're on the court together and I said it earlier in the season, just talking to my brother, like, you know, his passing ability and 
being able to find Kawhi backdoor cuts and, you know, uh, finding shooters. It's just, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of potential, but I think that's probably the next domino is Isaiah for sure. So I'm kind of either or also as well with me, with Isaiah. And to be honest, I think the next domino to fall is Batum, but I think we all, we're all probably in the camp that's going to happen anyway, mm-hmm. maybe unless like the Warriors are like, you know, here, here's the same amount of money if you want to be a stretch four two, and, and it's like oh, I no. can't. Yeah, right. I don't. They've got so. an MLE. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're, I think we're in a better situation. We could give him the most money for on a contender, right? Mm-hmm. We have his early bird rights, so we can offer him the same deal we gave Richie. So nice. Isaiah, I, I get a little weary giving a backup center a lot of money. You know, for the same reason why. We don't want to give a starting center maybe a lot of money at the same time, right? So, like, we'll we'll get into Zoom in a second. But if we gave Isaiah the if we gave Isaiah the the MLE, sure, I'm cool with it. I hope he takes it. I'd rather give him the MLE than maybe bring in some new face and then try to like figure out the center situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also not in the camp that he's a double digit million center either. He's not a starting center yet. Maybe after next year, if he gets, you know, better on the, def- the defensive end, doesn't foul as much, but I'm, I'm still not there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I still have to see that. I still have to see that he could go 25 minutes a night, you know? So in, in my opinion, you wouldn't pay a backup center more than $10 million. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the difference between the MLE and what the best offer he could get is going to be worth I, I i have a feeling that if it's going to be close he's going to stay so yeah. uh but i wouldn't if, if for whatever reason someone's like hey we give you a little bit more than emily and he wants to go he wants to go then go you know like i'm, I'm not going to be i don't think i'm going to be upset i'm not going to feel like our whole second unit's trash now or anything like that i have a feeling we'll figure it out you, you said something really interesting in there about feeling weird about paying a backup center a bunch of money and I just want to address this really quick because this is something that goes around on Clippers Twitter. People talk about, oh, that guy's overpaid. This guy's overpaid. Once you hit the salary cap, once you go flying past it like we did, it doesn't matter how much you pay people. As long as your owner's cool, whatever. That's as true. a fan, you should just throw up your hands and go, doesn't matter. As long as the contract isn't silly, long, and stupid expensive and will handicap you for years to come. Go bear. Like if, <laughs> go bear. Deal. Yeah. If your deal is two years, twenty-four million for for Rocco, that's all guaranteed. That turns out to be a bargain, no matter what. It's just yeah, that's like cool. if, if Zoo signs this extension, we'll talk about Zoo later, I'm sure. But if he signs this extension, we just you throw up your hands and go. You know what? It's not my money. Mm-hmm. Once you're over the cap, you're you're over the cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's where I'm at too. It's just like it doesn't really matter at this point. It's just uh, it's just. Uh, if another team offered him more money, maybe a little longer term, and that's why we lost him, I just would be like, you know what? That's on them at that point. <laughs> you know, like right. if if they are going to – because I don't think he's a starting center yet. So they're signing him to be a backup center at $8 million, $9 million or something like that. You know, I, I would assume if it's closer to six or seven, he might just stay. That would just stay. Yeah, I would assume that maybe not. You know, I you don't, don't have know. to. You don't have to pay to move all your stuff. 
yeah. including his fiance, who is LA based. Uh, I do want to point out something fun about Isaiah Hartenstein that people kind of freaked out about at the end of last year. He got the green light to start shooting threes. Mm-hmm. And over the last mm-hmm. three weeks of the season, he was like shooting three to four a game. Mm-hmm. And his final percentage was like 50%. Wasn't if bad. he actually adds that to his game, that two, maybe three, three-pointer shots a game, that action that they run where they give him the ball high to start, when when the defenders start sagging off of him, if he gets the green light to just turn around and tee up that set three, that could change be a world changer for the second team offense. I'm just just for fun. I think he could keep shooting them. I, I, I would say the Clippers coaching staff has to allow him to feel like it's not a special thing that he's shooting those threes because when they feel special, sometimes they, they brick really hard or they airball, right? Cause it's like, Oh, right. this is my chance. You know, it's not, I think like if it's just a thing he does, then mm-hmm. he'll get a lot more comfortable. And then as long as he's shooting high thirties, we're not going to really care. You know, it's, it's, a, we were, it's a, we were happy when Serge was doing that. Yeah. It's enough to make the, the center close out. Right. Um, is there any okay? Because I know you're you're very high on them, Trent. So we'll go to you last. But is there any other centers that you feel like are in that ballpark of MLE to vet men that you guys like? I'll start with Jesse. Is there anybody, and they might not even be available at this exact moment because the playoffs are still going on. But is there anybody like I know Mitchell Robinson's available? Dwayne Dedman technically, I believe, is available, even though he he, he really likes the heat, you know. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, I already said Mitchell Robinson. Um, Blake Griffin. <laughs> uh, He's on mute. <laughs> My bad. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> My bad. Um, honestly, I... I'm a huge fan of Isaiah Hardenstein. I was a huge fan in the offseason when we got him. I really like this game. So I I want to keep him. Like, because I, I believe he could be really useful in this in this offense, especially if fully healthy, like Jake mentioned. Um, and to be honest, when he was on the Cavs, the long two and the long and the three was somewhat part of his game. Uh, obviously that kind of drops, you know, when you're on the clips. Um but I like the I like the connection that he had with Luke Kennard, you know. So honestly, I I only want Isaiah Hartenstein. He's my only one. I'd marry him. Honestly, he's got your heart. If he wasn't engaged, I'd marry him easily. No, he's good looking, tall, Shh, dude. Has full package and a three point shot. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there you, you go. You totally forgot that, Jesse. Your vows would have sucked, dude. uh jake is there anybody you like yeah you know what i'm i'm looking at a list right now just uh because i had a my brain kind of had a brain fart i know who was who was up Uh, i see a couple names like robin lopez is cool i'm sure he would take like a minimum Um, minimum somebody like gorgie jang uh in atlanta uh, lob threat up and down type of center you know run transition um Tony Bradley in Chicago, he doesn't play too much, but when he was in Utah, he was pretty decent. Um, and I also like, I mean, it's kind of funny, but obviously JaVale McGee, uh, he's he's unrestricted. And uh, Biombo, it, it's, you know, those. Uh, I, I have no idea. I have no idea how Biombo didn't have a team this, this season until gonna, like 
I'm going to be real with you guys. Yeah. If we have the opportunity to give our backup center position to somebody, I'd rather give it to Bismack than give it to Hartenstein. Uh, and that might not go. That might not you know, go well on Clippers Twitter or with Trent right now. He's shaking his head. No, I, I, I mean, look, like it's just they're two different type of players, you right. know. And and uh, the way I look at it is like, well, if we lose, this is all hypothetical, right? Like if we were to lose Isaiah, I'm just looking at guys to like come in and really have like a minimal center role, not really have like an expanded center role, you know, like. Obviously, Biombo is – I mean, he's kind of small for a center, so there's a little bit of switchability, availability, and, like, you know, he could block shots. He goes for rebounds. He runs in transition. Same with Jang. Uh, and Robin is more of, like, the traditional seven-foot, I'm just going to stand in the paint and try to block shots. So, I mean, those are all, like, you know, just minimal type of guys, which is probably why they're minimum contracts. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I think I think that's what I'm I'm looking for. I feel like the Flippers playing small ball is not a secret anymore. So therefore, we're gonna show it a little bit more in the in the regular season. And there's a lot more wings where we could do that now. It was just like it had to be these five guys. That's how it was the two, two last year, right? Not this year, mm-hmm. but last year. This time around, it's like we've added a few more wings to kind of be able to have a different small ball five out there. And I think as long as our main superstars are in the small ball five, it will it will work. Uh, right. So I, I I'm kind of in the camp that it's a backup center is not a huge need, but it would be great if we got Hardenstein back. I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, I want you to think once for one second All right, about think. the Isaiah Hartenstein that made this team as the 15th guy, mm-hmm. that guy that we had on the bench game one in Golden State versus the guy that finished this season as our full-time backup center playing important minutes in most of the games. Think about the growth of this guy from day one yeah. to the end of the season. He just turned 24. Last yeah, week. yeah, uh, and he's not an old twenty-four. He doesn't have a whole lot of mileage on his body because he didn't hasn't really gotten that, that chance to be a, a big-time minutes guy. Yeah, sorry, I, I was muted, but I was, right. I was jazz clapping to you, Trent. So jazz clap, jazz clap. All right. I, I'm, right here. I, I'm in full agreement, but I'm also a Clippers fan, and I need to be prepared to be unhappy and accept the consequences <laughs> of being a Clippers fan and knowing that not everything goes our way and knowing that getting Roko was the main win. And if we have to settle for fill in the center, then we'll fill in the center. So you're going with pre-disappointment. Uh, yeah. You gotta be prepared for that. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. I, I, I'd prefer to bring, cause like, in my opinion, there's no one out there. Like we'll see how free agency really looks when it happens. But in my opinion, there's no one available that would fit, the MLE level set and then that I'd want more than her. Cause like, keep in mind bringing someone in who's maybe better. Let's just say there's somebody out there. That's actually a really good wing. Do we just, do we need another really good wing? Like maybe we get another point guard, but probably if we get a point guard on the MLE, who's going to be worth anything, he's going to, he's probably injury prone or he's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just bring back heart. It's just, mm-hmm. I gotta accept that if someone offers them seven to eight, nine million dollars, 
and they want to you develop. You can't fault the guy for doing it. Yeah, if he, if he leaves. I mean, of course, there's a big difference between taking seven million a year, or eight million a year to live in Detroit than to live in, uh, you know, Malibu. But whatever. Yeah, you never know. Uh, <laughs> which I think is a good transition to the starting center position. The most polarizing player on the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clippers nation is divided. It's it's very political. I feel like with Zoo, it's you have people who are in the camp that he's not good enough on a championship team, and we should trade him for another center or another player. Then there's people in the camp of he's perfect for this team, and we have a great value. And even if he signs that extension, he's a good value. And then there's people kind of in the middle who kind of see it both ways, but lean another way. Um, I would say I believe and someone could correct me if I'm wrong we're all in the camp that we think he should stay yes alright but some of us where it gets like the middle to where he should stay have different takes on what that is the, where there's the actual kind of purple or gray area in terms of what to do with Zoo I think some of us uh, kind of sway a little bit from there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in the camp of, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Sign him to an extension. Have him opt in or the team opts in on the player, on the the team option. So 7.5 mil goes to Zoo this Mm -hmm. season. Signs Mm -hmm. the extension. So it's 15 point something after that. Maybe it's even less the first year. So he makes more on the back end. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not it'll, sure. Yeah, it'll be slightly tiered. Yeah. So, and then we have Zoo in what might be the prime of his career, uh, and it's a good value. Mm-hmm. If you look at the other centers who make roughly that amount of money, the only center that I think is maybe better than him in terms of, I guess at least on the offensive end and maybe on the re. I don't. I'm not gonna say rebounding yet. Is Jonas Jonas Valanciunas is maybe better than Zoo? Five years older. He's okay. That's fine, but he's better than Zoo. So making four fourteen point seven. But will he be better than Zoo in four years? I don't know. Maybe Zoo's not better than Zoo in four years. We will figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and then I, I would say there's centers that are above him that are not as good as Zoo, and then there's centers that I feel like are developing that could be better than the zoo who are making a little less than $15 million. Uh, that being said, like you, you mentioned earlier, if we're over the salary cap, does it really matter how much we pay him? No. And in four years, if we're stuck with a $15 million center who at worst case scenario, just doesn't get better, <laughs> but is but still as good as he is now. It's a $15 million expiring contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, I, I think that's a pretty good deal. If you have a team with Zoo, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, and then maybe like a, a Paul George and Kawhi who are in their mid-30s who are probably not as good as they were, but we still, we're still keeping them around or trading them for some reason. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be down the line, right? But yeah. – that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm in like, if you're going to make a move for another center, it's most likely going to be a lateral move. Cause even getting Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, is a lateral move. 
You're just getting, you know, but you're just paying him more. It's a lateral move. So if you're going to make a lateral move, might as well just keep him. Right. Uh, But if you're going to use Zoo's $7 million because he's the only center, I mean, he's the only player on our team that makes that amount of money, or you're going to use his $15 million next season Mm. to bring in maybe – another really good player and then you and then we were just talking about the center position earlier where you just kind of make shift a center position mm-hmm. and then maybe that's what happens and i wouldn't and my i, I think um my thoughts on this is zoo's value in the nba market's still going to be good but in terms of maybe on the clippers his value more so would be his contract than him as an actual player. I think once the extension hits, that's and, slander. And I, I think that's just it is what it is. Now you guys could disagree. It's an open forum. Anyone could speak up. But yeah, you know, like uh, <laughs> like like Brian. I think now let's say Zoo gets his extension and it uh it starts like at 13 then it goes to like 16 then it jumps to 19 and then the last year let's say he's making i don't know is that even equaling a four for 61 it's going to look just like a luke canard contract okay so so last year will be like 16 and a half 16 okay so if that's the case man look he's worth it i mean Mm -hmm. if, if that's the if that's if that's really the case wow People are talking about, you know, James Harden getting 60 at the end of his fourth year. I mean, 16 compared to 60. If you just look at it like that, Gobert is making almost – he's going to be making 44 or 42. I think it's 46. Okay. So, 46 minutes over. Okay. <laughs> so, basically, that $14 million gap, that $14 million gap is what Zubats is getting between Harden and Gobert. And it's just like, well – if that's the case, then yeah, re-signing Zoo is no question on a team-friendly contract. I mean, just because the money makes sense. Now, if he's going to be – I mean, he's, what, 25 right now, right? Just turned 25. He'll be – he just turned 20, so he'll be yep. under 30. He'll be under 30 at the end of his deal. Yep. Honestly, man, centers start getting washed maybe 28, 29, 30, 31. It's worth it, man. It's worth to sign him, uh, especially if you want him to be part of the youth movement. Obviously, you guys see the clips, and you know Terrence is 25, 26. Luke is only 24, 25. Zoo, 25. You guys get me, right? Um, I think it makes sense for them to, you know, re-sign him and have him a part of that core, that young, that young little established set of guys. Yeah, <clears throat> there's really. I'm, I'm looking at the list of these centers right now on the free agency. And honestly, there's nothing that I mean, at least I don't think DeAndre Ingram is gonna make any huge pay cut to come to the Clippers. So oh, if no. you can't if you can't nab him, then honestly, <laughs> Zoo's your best shot. And you know, for what he does, he's a traditional center. He does a phenomenal job at protecting the paint. Um if people don't watch the game, they'll realize that once he's box, box, <clears throat> boxing out his own guys, you know, he can't get the rebound at the same time, too. So it just it is what it is. I feel like if we have Rudy Gobert and he's boxing now, he's not able to get the rebounds. They'll be saying the same bullshit that they're saying right now. That's the thing. That's the thing, Jesse. That it's like they will be saying the same BS, and it's not fair to Zoo yeah. because Zoo right now makes like thirty two million dollars less than. <laughs> you know? And so it's like it's like not fair to Zoo for people. Like 
I can just see it now. 2024 NBA Finals. And Gobert misses a big rebound. You know, and fans would be at his neck. But if it was Zoo, they'd be at his neck the same way. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. You know, fans are just going to fan. It's... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and you can sit Zoo... In yes, game, and he's not going to complain about if, it. If uh, if in the salary cap rise, especially after the new CBA, right? Like I think Zoo will probably be in his last deal, last year of his deal, or or the year before that will be the last of his deal. One of those. It's like fifteen. You could sit that. No, especially with the salary cap rising, you could sit that. It's equivalent to sitting like a nine million dollar guy now. Yeah. Yeah. Vita Zubats is a is a team culture guy. He's a, a fun player to have around. He he's a cheerleader on the bench. He'll he'll say, "I don't have it," and he'll sit down. If Ty says, "You don't have it," and yeah. and when people scream at the top of their lungs, and this is what Clippers Twitter does, scream at the top of their lungs, "Why isn't this guy averaging a double double?" I will respond with the same stat every time. Evita Zubats plays twenty four minutes a game. If he played 30 minutes a game, like damn near every other starting center in the NBA, he would average a double-double. Probably yeah. the 13-10 range, 13-11 range. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Trent. Yeah, and, and that's with an offense that doesn't feature the center position at all. Those points are coming off putbacks and free throws. Mm-hmm. And we saw what happened this year when we did feature him in the offense and put, used him as a post-up weapon. He's got some great post moves and a nice hook. He scored 32 against Jokic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at his finishing percentages and stuff like that, and they think they should be better. But I'll be honest, like if you watch it, if you actually watch the game, he's got great finishing ability. Yeah. And it's very underrated, and people don't talk about it enough. Like, mm-hmm. and Kawhi likes this, playing. Well, I was going to say Kawhi likes playing Kawhi with him. Kawhi likes playing with him. PG likes playing with him. And he was the anchor on a top 10 defense this year without those two guys for most of the year or yeah. all the year in the case of K. That's a good point. And we've seen it. He, he took what is the starting point guard on the number one seed in the West and put that guy in a box in Chris. Moore. Yeah. Yeah. And we're watching right now in the playoffs, Luca will score on anybody. So it doesn't matter. So when people get on like, well, zoo couldn't, you know, when they, whenever they switched on zoo against Luca or whatever, <laughs> like, like Luca's going to score on anybody. So toxic, bro. It's so toxic. So Zoo, Zoo did just fine. And like, although I think it was like earlier this year, Lucas scored like 40 something points or high 30s against Zoo. But everyone who watched that game saw Zoo held Luca in check. He scored a lot of points because of volume. He didn't score a lot of points because of how well he shot that game and getting to his spots. And we won. Yeah. We won. <laughs> That's the other yeah, thing. We won the like, second game. Yeah, they won the second game, and it's it's like, bro, like, you know, people get so everybody wants a Shaquille O'Neal. I get it. Everybody wants one. I get it. I I get it right. Like everybody wants Shaq. Everybody wants Olajuwon. Everybody wants even like to say Clint Capella. They want that guy that just runs up and down and and dunks the ball and catches rebounds, you know, and throw outlets. I I get it. Everybody wants Evan Mobley. Everybody wants a Jarrett Allen. You know, but not everybody is that. It's that simple. Yeah. Like it's that simple. And everyone's yeah. saying like Zoo needs to get better this off season. Get better in what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? what? Like he's like our seventh scorer on the team. 
offensively. And that's not going to change just because he got better. It's just that's just where he's at on the team because we have so many good scorers on the team. He's boxing out the the, the biggest guy on the other team every single time. He's get mm-hmm. and he still gets up to 10 rebounds a game almost. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. average that way. But there's mm-hmm. plenty of games where you're watching, he's like, How did he go 14 for 14? You know? And he and it's because maybe that game, like you said, Trent, he played 30 minutes or something like that. Right. And and, and, and keep in mind, he's our Iron Man too. He he's does not, not miss games. Always available. Yeah. He's available. And, and when we played against the MVP of the NBA, we fed Zoo the ball in the fourth quarter in overtime. Right. And he just and he took it to the MVP of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so Zoo is in my opinion, at least a top 15 center in the league. And he's probably a top 10, but I'm just trying to be respectable to the people who are nature. Oh, he's top 10. I'm I'm with okay. that. He's, okay, yeah, he's a top he's 10 center. Top 10. I, 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 mean, I agree. I don't yeah. I don't I don't like the speak, haters. I don't want to speak in absolute sometimes because I, it's like I don't need that energy. <laughs> no, I mean if you if you ask if you ask all my Laker friends, they like they regret that trade like the most. Oh god. Oh they should because they're I'm like bro, <laughs> yeah they're like I cannot believe we gave away Zubots for like nothing. I oh. I mean, well, well yeah. Zoo could Zoo could jump up and not land on someone's foot every time. So, yeah, right. I, I totally get it. If I was like, yeah, it's yeah, I'd be, yeah. I'd be <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The haters no, I mean, out there will, the haters out there will take that that thirty-two point game he had against Jokic and say, "Hey, why doesn't he do that every time?" And I answered that question in our last spaces when I went, "He can't throw himself the passes." No, right. and right and to be you? honest, and to be honest, it's not like at the end of the game. We're saying, man, but Zoo only got the ball two times. You know, they're not feeding the, their their other $40 million guy. No, you know what's happening? He makes $15 million. We have him sit when the when we want to go small. And it is the way to and if he only got two passes, then he only got two passes. Right. It's perfectly acceptable if that's what happens. And I think I think Clippers Twitter is at a point where they're saying. We want an improvement in the position. And yes, so I think they would like it to be Zoo, but they think let's get the automatic improvement like Rudy Gobert or something like that. And I'm like, that's not the solution to this. It's it's because you're just going to pay someone for it and then you're losing all the other players to get that. Uh-huh. Per- now, I understand. I'll be I'll be the first to say I love Marcus Morris, but maybe not having Marcus Morris on the court with Zoo might be a little helpful because if we brought in a four, that would actually crash the boards then I don't know. Maybe that would be a lot more helpful, you know? Maybe, right. maybe. And then you could just put Marcus out there of heart and then nobody gets rebound. <laughs> and Well, you never know. You know, I'm, I'm under the impression we're going to move Marcus, but we'll see. I don't, I don't work. For, I don't work for the front office. Can I, can I ask this question real quick about zoo? Yeah. Yeah. Does it, does it feel like from observation that zoo for and compare it to like other star star centers, he doesn't get enough calls favored in his way. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I'm one of those dudes that feel like every team, like every fan of every team, says like my team doesn't get calls. You know what I'm kind of saying? Like I feel like every, but I feel like when I see the clips, I feel like they really don't get calls. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> like, like if that makes any sense, you know, like. I really, you know, I, especially in these playoffs, like we're watching a lot of them and we're like, we're, we're, we're discussing missed calls or calls that should have been whatever. And 
I just feel like if we go to the rack and we're getting hacked, like it's no call every time, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Zoo gets a terrible whistle for sure. You know, my number one gripe with people that come with him, come at him is like, their thing is like, he needs to stop being soft and he needs to dunk the ball. Like he needs to like muscle up, get dirty down there. It's just like, what do you guys want? If, if we had JaVel McGee playing for us instead of Zoo, for instance, like, he doesn't just he doesn't have the defensive acumen to be like as solid as zoo is yeah the ability uh, to stay on his feet you know guarding chris like that's not happening yeah i think clipper twitter's like if he's not out there fouling out in five minutes is he really playing center <laughs> for us like like what do you what, yeah. what, what more do you want from him? and remember a lot of people are like oh he doesn't protect like everyone's we're making the comparison to rudy gobert because for whatever reason he's on everybody's mind remember the Houston game where we played like absolute crap, but we had zoo in the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. every time Kevin, I don't know if Kevin Porter was playing this, but I know Jalen green was playing in this game mm-hmm. and Jalen green was about to try to get on ESPN's top, top 10 plays of the night. I remember he I remember <laughs> that. straight to the basket mm-hmm. and zoo shut him down. Yeah. More yeah, than yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens a lot more often than people give zoo credit where someone's trying to take it to the basket. It's a late, it's like maybe late in the third, early in the fourth. And so, and in zoo and someone tries to take it on zoo. Now understand there's really good guards who could take it to zoo, take a step back, make a shot. That will happen to any center in the league though. That's not right. just a zoo thing. Right. But when people take it to the rim, take it to the rim on zoo, he usually puts them in their place. And that's right. a tough guy thing to do. It's not a soft thing to do. And it, when people call Zoo soft, it really irritates me. Because I would like to see. Oh, yeah, no, sorry, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, to be you. honest, I, I said because, and I had nothing to follow that up with. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that the improvement in Zoo's game could come from this. Somebody needs to sit him down and go, we're going to send you to Buddhist to a buddhist monastery and you're going to learn to stop arguing calls just accept your medicine and walk away just Mm -hmm. do it stop arguing calls i think that's one of the reasons that he gets that soft whistle because Uh, he he will chirp about it and it drives me bonkers but you know what he could do too is he could he needs to be he he could he could work on his free throw game and not not in a way that i'm saying he's bad because there there was moments last year where zoo got fouled in the fourth quarter or something and i was like oh hell yeah zoo's going to the line i trusted zoo making those free throws more than half the team to be honest he was very consistent making his free throws mm-hmm. it's just i there was moments not moments but i was like you know imagine if this guy shot like 88 percent from the free throw line like he's just one of those centers that don't miss like he, he he's got the free throw arc he's to got do the that. touch yeah yeah it's just it's just like can you can you do it another 10 five or ten percent better in the next two to three years right. imagine and then like because everyone gets on his case about finishing at the rim or whatever like it's if he goes to the line and shoots for his, for his two free throws and it makes him every time who cares right like everyone wants a three-point play that just doesn't happen that way how do you guys feel about We've kind of brought brought up a little bit on uh, the last month or so's podcast. Reggie Jackson. Yeah. 
I personally feel like he's the starting point guard for our team next year. But the other position that I think we talk about getting better would be the point guard position or maybe the four. But technically, if even if we traded Morris, Rocco or Batum would still probably play the four. It's not like it's a desperation mm-hmm. need. And I'm not saying a new point guard is a desperation need, but having another ball handler would be at least ideal as a backup or we get a starting point guard and Reggie Jackson becomes our sixth man. How would you feel about consolidating some pieces to get that to happen? Or would you rather just run it back? Do you have a name of the point guard in question or? No, it could just, it could be like, everyone's bringing a Brown in and stuff like that. Like, I don't want that to happen. Guy makes way too much money that I've seen maybe play one game in the last three years, three years. I don't have anybody in particular, uh, you know, everyone's throwing big names out like Kyrie. Everyone's throwing other like you know Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and, but there's, <laughs> there, there's not like a middle tier point guard that I'm like, oh, that's the guy. I know uh, Jake likes Corey Joseph. Yeah, I'm I'm looking here like our at the list of free. Honestly, the point guard for agency is like, you know, it's Dillon Wright maybe. Uh, Tyus Jones is for sure going to get paid somewhere for sure. Brunson, Brunson, Sexton, uh, they're he's going to yeah. get paid, I'm sure, even after surgery. In order um, to make, in order to get a, another point guard, though, we're looking at trades, not signing free agents. I got, I got a nice one here. Like, um, I forgot what team he was on before he got to Phoenix, Aaron Holiday. Um, yeah. just to play a minimal backup role or just to have like that third point guard you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. that reserve guard um i definitely i kind of like that a little bit like an eric bledsoe prototype kind of player i like that so a lot of people think the person's in-house jason preston uh that could be the case maybe that's the case like in february we're like oh yeah yeah we're yeah he is the guy that's that you know you know you know brian like when it comes to just veteran teams and then like like how many veteran championship teams have we seen like a a rookie in any capacity maybe the celtics maybe you know maybe but let's let's talk about it just in the future past right like Mm -hmm. any nba title contender or championship team um i mean realistically it sucks but like you know young guards or rookies or big men or whatever, they're just not part of the script. Yeah. You know, now I do think he's talented though. I do think he's talented. I, I always like, he got a little bit of LaMelo to him when I mean, when I say that, I mean his passing, you know, not his looks or anything. Um, and his pace. I like that the way he plays, like it's kind of like at his own pace, slow, you know, not nothing really explosive. Um, he's very skilled, but, Next year is t- technically his rookie year, so yeah. it's gonna it takes time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's so that's why like some people are like, oh, that's the guy already, but we still have to see it. Trent, I got a hot take. I do like Preston, by the way. I, I, I like the cut of that young man's jib and his hair is fabulous. <laughs> I think that the move to make, and this is going to sound a little bit crazy, I think, is in house, and it's. Reggie Jackson, you become the scoring microwave sixth man, and we're moving Terrence Mann into the starting rotation. Trent, I am with you a hundred percent. I've been asking for so 
I've only been asking this for this since like Kawhi was here. Basically, Terrence's rookie year. I really like that like big guard combo guard because PG and Kawhi carry the ball anyway. Yep. And so it's like, you know, to me, it. it I don't want to sound like a biter, right? But it kind of gives me Marcus Smart, Celtic vibes, big guard, defend mm-hmm. like a lead guard on another team. And to me, Terrence is one of the best like point of attack defenders in the league. Yep. So and, and keep in mind the team that originally was supposed to be was Patrick Beverly at the starting point guard position, who's a defensive minded, basically sits in the corner, doesn't really facilitate facilitate too much on offense. And that's what Terrence's role would be. He would kind of sit in the corner, yep. move around, go off ball, and then put himself in position. He would drive if the player guarding him is not a great defender and if not he'll shoot a corner three if he's open like i'm i'm that's you know what i was not thinking that would be the case but i think that's brilliant trend i'll also throw this out there this is the last year of his original rookie deal deal and then he moves into his 10 million dollar extension after that the year after this is the moment where he needs to prove that he's worth that extension and the Clippers need to give him that opportunity. He has got to get the minutes to make this happen. And I think the best way to do that is to play him in the old Pat Bev role yeah, as the starting point guard alongside PG and Kawhi. That's my take. And then Norman would be off the bench still? Yeah. Norman and Reggie would be your backcourt. I would play – I would just play a weird three-guard rotation with Norman and Reggie and Luke. and We're just going to throw three-pointers at you like – from every direction, and it'll be a blast to watch. I think you're going to see a lot of tinkering and staggering and yeah, guys same, getting nights off same. and things like that. So same. everybody that's on the team will have a role. Uh, <laughs> we just have so many roles. We have so many quality rotation guys right now. It's, it's almost silly. It, it's you a know? good position to have right now. We, we're like, yeah. oh, great. So now we're going to – how are we going to get Amir coffee minutes? Yeah. Well, well, dang, that's just – well, plus we want to work in Brandon Boston Jr. and Jason Preston and get them some time. Well, man, what are we doing here? We've got so many guys who can play. I, I don't think – and I think this is where sometimes people – I'm gonna I, I use Twitter as an example a lot, but people think the Clippers are this team that's – 15 that has to be 15 players deep and i don't think that's necessarily the case is we do need to be at least 12 people deep and then the last three people which in our case would be uh brandon boston and jason preston most likely and they're going to go play for acc and if they develop well enough when we're on the back end of this window you know i think next year is the championship window and then after that, it's, oh, all right, maybe we're still in a championship window. We'll see how some things move around and some players are older, you know. And then the year after that is, all right, we're either going to get rid of all our 30-something-year-old dudes and it, we'll see where Brandon Boston, Jason Preston, and see if they're ready to take on the next role uh, on this team. Their, their spot on this team is after this two-year window. Now, they might sneak into it maybe next year or they might even sneak into it sneak into it this year coming up but the only reason brandon boston played so many minutes was people were hurt people had covid and 
everyone was and like our two main guys were out right it, right, it is what right. it is so i think they're going to kill it on the acc clippers or the ac clippers next year and then they're going to they are going to get spot minutes there and there and they're going to be able to show their craft and maybe they'll have an opportunity to step up but people are like well how's these this person get minutes like to be honest amir coffee is going to be the perfect dmp but will play 25 minutes on a night where we're sitting everybody and still be able to carry this team in the fourth quarter and put us in position to still game. And then he's going to also be the guy, if we do consolidate, uh, consolidating trade, he's also another guy that's going to step up and be able to be our role play. He's the guy that could easily be the, the 12th to 13th guy on our roster, or I'm totally okay with him being the eighth and ninth guy on our roster. It's not the, the difference between where coffee is on the rotation and stuff is not that big of a difference. And the fact is him being a two way guy, his whole career is perfect for him to be in this position. And if for whatever reason, he doesn't play that much from November to February, but then we make a big trade in February where we move a couple guys out Amir coffee could easily step in and be like, all right, now I'm part of this playoff rotation. Right. That's why I think it's important to get coffee back, but that's also important that it's understood that he might not play. He might play five minutes a night. He might play two minutes a night at the beginning of the year, but he's the perfect guy for that role. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have any more roster thoughts, Jesse? No. I, um, I have a question regarding Amir Coffee. Uh, I was just thinking because last season, uh, not the one that's going, still continue on right now. Uh, I really feel like Amir Coffee's game. Um, I don't know. I just didn't really feel like we had the same type of energy for Amir Coffee last season, and he didn't get a lot of minutes. So I wonder if his production, his confidence, was all due to the amount of time, the amount of playing time he was getting due to all the injuries. And do you think that there's a possible possibility that there's going to be a setback for Amir Coffee if, if he doesn't if he doesn't play? Yeah. That could be the case. You know, you, you're, you're always best when you're in rhythm. And if you're maybe out of rhythm, uh, I trust that Ty Lue has his people ready, though. I, I you, you tend to see Clipper players like next man up mentality and they, they go out there and they have a good game. But, um, yeah. I do think when it comes to Amir, it's like I, well, I, I'm under the impression I think he's going to get thrown money. And um, it's going to it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's like, well, this might be a hot take, you know, I don't know, maybe someone calls me out or something. I don't know. I do feel like he has better shot creating skills than, um, or just shot creating juice than Terrence. And um, they're about the same age, 24, 25. I feel like I, I feel like he gives a little more off the dribble scoring wise. Um, his handles a little tighter, I feel. But with that being said, you know, obviously Terrence is better in transition. Terrence is better in, uh, defensively. He rebounds the ball well. Uh, like, so my thing is, like, I can definitely see – I think he wants to stay here. Obviously, they po- the Clips posted the picture today, right? He was shooting hoops in the gym, wearing Clippers gear, which I think he wants to be here. But if, you know, if he has to put the pressure on to get some cash somewhere, you know, you, you never know. You know, what if, what if the Pistons, they need someone to run along Cade Cunningham, you know, a guy that's been on a playoff team, teach ways that, you know, technically we've been around vets his whole career and yeah. teams like that, you know, I, I'm or, always, th- I'm always thinking about like the Kings, you know, a team that yeah. could, that 
is developing that could maybe leech off of these other California teams that people don't want to be, you know, people that don't want to trade, uh, like travel too far away from their previous team necessarily. Like it's not, I'm not saying Sacramento is anywhere close to LA, but it's not, uh, moving your stuff across state lines, you know, and you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a pro-choice state still. So, you know, maybe that factors in some of these players <laughs> wanting to stay. Like, yeah, you know, like the Kings might be like, you know, because Amir Coffey is one of those players right now who could easily go to another team, make double digits, in my opinion, and be the starting small forward or t- off guard on another team. That's like, I, yeah, you I'm know? with you, Brian. I'm with you. And but I also think like the Clippers who have who have his bird rights. It's, it's the early bird rights, though, right? Not the. He's a restricted free agent anyway, so we could match any. We got to match whatever, said, no yeah. matter what. It's just so it's just a matter of, in my opinion, the the intern accountant going up to Steve Ballmer and saying, This is what this is what the tax will look like. The intern accountant. <laughs> you know, this is what the tax yeah. will look like. And then Steve's like, Do we have to? And then and then Lawrence Frank or someone's like, Yeah, well, I guess we don't. And then that's how Mir Coffee ends up on the Kings or the Pistons or something. I think uh, also like w- with that being said, Brian, like it also opens up doors for brandon because he's way younger mm-hmm. and it just makes sense like ah bro if amir wants to if he gets nine million dollars from you know some team out east or, or even out west whatever it, it it only makes sense for the clippers to be like well you know we can't pay you three million dollars less than roco <laughs> you know like you, you know what i'm saying kind of and it's just like well brandon boston is 20 years old because I, I can see steve saying like i'm willing to pay everybody everything i don't care Me about too. The tax but i'm all, i could also see him saying like how are you going to give a guy nine million dollars to get dmps like i don't I, yeah I, I don't know i'm ready to answer that question yes because yeah, we need that salary slot for any yeah. potential trades an asset yeah, <laughs> we need I mean, somebody that makes like six to nine mil we do you're right like, I got uh, a serious question for you guys. Taylor Horton Tucker or Amir Coffee? And I'm being dead serious. No, Amir Coffee. Amir Coffee. Okay, so if that's the case, that's like $10 million. Yeah. You know? That's uh, THT, easy. though, just off default, can't get DMPs, though, because, like, the Lakers have gotta, to play. They got to play. <laughs> they have uh, to play. For instance, like, like Landry Shamit or or Amir Coffee. Right now, it's Amir like, Coffee. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Coffee. So it's like, That's what I'm saying. It's like $10 million. So, um, you know. Yeah. Oh, let me ask you guys this right now. Just I don't I'm not asking for a player in mind. Do you think the Clippers will draft a center, a wing, or a point guard with their second round pick this year? Center. Well, big power forward slash center. I don't give it I don't want the big power forward yeah. stretch. It's, it's, it's just what they do though. Just give me a center. <laughs> Just, just they do though. Give give me a guy who's six nine or taller who could just do the two things that we need. Is rebounding and play some defense. It's the forty third overall pick, so which is not a terrible pick. It's not the worst. Yeah, I don't know. Here's your problem: we don't have any roster spots left. We have one. If we bring back Amir and Isaiah, we have one, which is Rodney Hood, which Jess, uh, Jesse's just going to like live in permanent heartbreak. Mm-hmm. If, That's if Rodney guy, leaves. But... Uh, I I guess you guys are trying to throw your season out, so <laughs> just throw the whole season away. Just throw yeah. this in the trash. But those yeah. are the only three spots we have to work with. The ones that were occupied by Amir, Isaiah, and uh, 
drawing a blank, Rodney. Yeah. So if we do keep that pick, does that end up being the 15th roster spot or do we pick somebody with the thought that we're going to stash him at ACC? So, so I, I'm going to throw something out there that's very unpopular. And I've said it before and you guys all were like, like eat shit, Brian. Yeah. I remember this. I and said then, they could just trade Morris for like two seconds or late first round pick or something. And that, and that just takes the roster spot away. And so you have an open roster spot, but you get his money off the books and you have a future asset that you could throw into another trade later down the line. Like it's, it's not ideal, but now you're, it's like you, you could bring back a player, but then you're just bringing back a, 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 like, unless you can consolidate the Morris situation, you're not really consolidating anything. If you just trade Morris one-on-one for another player, you're going to have to make it a package of some sort. And if you make mm-hmm. it a package, we're just training other guys. We don't want to trade. Mm-hmm. So, um, we I do think we could bring in a second round pick, and they could just be the two way guy, and we either don't bring back Scrub or we don't bring back Moon. Completely or, forgot about Jay Scrub. Wow. Or or we move move Moon to the fifteenth spot, and then we bring in the second round pick to be the other two way player. That that's yeah, a, that's a scenario. Uh, Brian, well, Brian, I think. I think that scenario seems to be the more likely one coming up. (laughs) 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 Because it's like we don't have the roster spots. And that's why everybody's talking consolidation trade. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, hot take two. If you look at the market, look at the playoffs, Marcus Morris is worth a first round pick. Hot yep. take is true. It's true. It's really true. Absolutely it's, true. It's so true. Like, like well, there's so many teams that could use that. Like, I, these I would, aren't, these I, aren't lottery picks that you're going to be getting. This is yeah. like late 20s. Yeah. I, and I'll throw this out there to you is how many times, like how many players in the first round every year end up flopping and just not being worth a rotation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you're, absolutely. you're legit going to get a for sure rotation piece for and who's mm-hmm. going to at least be offensively solid for mm-hmm. the next two to three years. And then you just lose a first-round pick that you weren't sure. And then everyone's going to look back, and if that first-round pick ends up being someone solid, then everyone's going to look back like, hey, remember we did, traded, we got Morris for and then this guy became so-and-so? Like That happens mm-hmm. to every team, though. We can look mm-hmm. back on every draft and find a trade that you regret. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it is what it is. And, yeah, I, I do believe he's worth at least a late first-round pick. I just don't yeah. know. I just don't know. If, like I don't know the teams that would obviously go for him, uh, but teams with stagnant offenses, you see it a lot. Like, the, the other day, the Miami Heat scored, what, like 89 points? Yeah, like you know, and they could use something like that. I, I don't know. Like, there's teams that the Timberwolves, Minnesota, uh, Memphis, Memphis. Good lord! Like they don't have a shot creator out of out of Ja. Um, mm. Yeah, just little things like that. I um, I I'm going to throw this out there at the end too because I don't know how mm-hmm. long we've been on for. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so the WNBA season just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get started, free Brittany Griner. Uh, we did a WNBA fantasy basketball league, us four, and mm-hmm. then also uh, Domo and Robert Yamagata are part of it. Uh, how you guys doing so far? I'm losing to Jesse, I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to – I'm waiting for this game to be over. Hopefully I win and I'll post something, but I like magic. I matched up. <laughs> Any I matched up can. with Domo, and he is kicking <laughs> my rear end. 
<laughs> I, I I'm so I'm playing as Robert Yamagata, and he had a day legit. I think the other day where he scored 200 points to like my 30 because he had his full lineup, and I had a, a player out. Which for whatever reason, I don't know the WNBA. I don't know if it's w, WNBA fantasy or if it's just the WNBA in general. But they still will not tell me when the Turkish Women's Basketball League ends, and I have no <laughs> idea when that's going to happen. Wow! And I don't even know if and I even tried like googling it, and I still have no idea. <laughs> and and apparently I have a player out with an ankle injury that keeps saying like, yeah, she'll come back next game. And then she just doesn't. And then no one tells me she's out or anything. And I'm like, do I keep her? Like, I have no idea <laughs> if she's going to, if I'm going to regret cutting her. Like it's a totally different experience. And I, I'll be, I'm kind of, I'm having some fun, but uh, I, 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 I'm having fun seeing you clap. Honestly, that yeah, was, uh, yeah. when I saw that score, I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you took all I'm, my players, dude. I'm getting rocked. But I've watched like six WNBA games since the season started, like Friday. And I Friday. and I think and yeah. I think that's where, why I really want to do it because I feel like I get more invested in sports when I'm doing fantasy uh, or, or doing people uh, bad and stuff. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's a great product. It really is a great product. Uh, I put up a Twitter question on the LA Clips forum last week about because I, I kind of I thought about it. And I was like. You know, the Clippers are going to have their new arena in, two, in 2024. And maybe the Clippers will get a little lonely, you know. Maybe they'll want to have another team play there. Maybe since the AC Clippers are not technically the Ontario Clippers, they're the AC Clippers of Ontario. Maybe the AC Clippers move their games there. You know, maybe it's cheaper for Steve Ballmer. To do that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, as uh, someone who grew up in the IE, I actually would uh, appreciate still having an IE team there. But, you know, I don't live in the IE. I don't go out there too often anymore. So um, let's see here. I So some ideas other people had. If we were to have a WNBA team at the Intuit Dome, uh, Domo said the LA Oasis. Oasis. That was a good one. That, that has That's seven, cool. that has, that has that seven really likes. Uh, the Clipcast. The Clipcast wow. podcast. Wait, Clipcast team? Yeah, the Wait, clip, wait, wait. The, hold on, the, what? The LA Clipcast <laughs> podcast. Uh, the okay. Killer Wells, Traffic, and Beast. Uh, Traffic. <laughs> someone, Traffic. So, someone said the Champs. Clip Card fan said the Champs. Uh, some guy named Mark said she's into it. That got five likes. Oh, good God, man. <laughs> Swisher said the LA, the Los Angeles Queens. Uh, Someone nah. said the Clipettes, but that's not, I don't know why that sounds sexist. Good God, man. <laughs> uh, the Los Angeles Waves or the Los Angeles Orcas. Uh, and then LA Splash uh, okay. at the end. So those are some ideas. Do you guys have any original ideas? I know I'm throwing you on the spot here. I, I was thinking maybe since we're the Clippers, they could be the LA Sales. That's nice. No, Trent Trent said, you know what? I like the Oasis one the best. I did like yeah. the Oasis one the best. I, uh, yeah. Right. It's uh, weird. LA, LA Riptides? LA Riptides? Riptides. Riptides. the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the Dolphins. Um, no, I mean, I like the Oasis the best. Um, I think that one day we're going to get a second team. Um, I, ho- I hope we get a second. I can't root for a purple and gold yeah. WNBA team, so if they're trying, if they're trying to get me to watch, which I know they're trying to do, uh, 
You gotta bring another team out here. And Fair Steve Ballmer, Steve Ballmer could own, or bring it to San Diego. I don't care. Yeah. I'm with that. Yep. Same. Hey Trent, I see, I see you thinking there. Yeah, I, I want to say like there's this new theme of naming teams after like natural events or like the, think about the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, like quakes. Like, no, quake, quakes is is like a we're pluralizing it. So, but what if it were like the LA earthquakes, earthquake, or you know, like that's kind of cool, or yeah. tsunami, or uh, I don't know, yeah, high tide. Yeah, I don't know. I'm out, I'm running out of do, do you have a team that's ska related? Do, do you have a ska related team that you could throw out there? The uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. That's good content. Not going there. That's good content. All right. <laughs> Bro, wouldn't it be funny if they just did like something so corny? It was like the LA Condors or something like that. Just because. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you crapping you know. on my guy Chuck right now? No, no I love him. I love him. I, I, I was. I, you sent me the link today. Man. You sent me the link today for the Clippers fan shop that the statement jerseys are on sale yeah. right now. Yeah. And I looked and that Chuck jersey was in my size. <laughs> and I thought about it. I thought about it. Oh, the two and three on the back is just hilarious. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, right, you guys got any final thoughts before we're out? Um, long off season, like yeah. I always say on here, we're still here. We're like five months away still. Just keep on trucking. I can't wait. Like watching all this basketball just pains me more and more and more. But Cancun was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Uh, it's it's a shame that the Warriors are not going to go to Cancun anytime soon. So, we'll we'll see though. I I mean I, I still hold optimism that Memphis could pull off some crazy win, uh, this series. But it's it's more optimism than being realistic. Um, I think Jaw's out right for the whole. Uh, he's, he's out for, he's the, out for the rest. Of the, yeah, yep. well, they do have they do have two home games of these three. So it's you know hold home court and steal the next one and. Golden State, you know, yeah. you're in. Yeah, you never know. Do yep. it without your best player, but whatever. Oh, and how and how cool would that be? <laughs> how cool <laughs> would that be? I bet you this podcast is gonna be dated. That that last, last five minutes we just had about Memphis is gonna be pretty dated in a couple days. <laughs> in about 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um all right. Well, that was the LA Clips Forum. You can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast. When you're not listening to misinformation on another podcast, you come over to ours, leave a rating, say, hey, you know what? This wasn't too bad. I, I really like when Trent and Jake are on there. Not too much when Jesse and Brian are. Um, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, Trent, you, you have know, a podcast? Yeah, I left that exact review. Like, I love oh. it when Trent comes on LA Clips Forum and you guys didn't read it out. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have my own podcast. It's called Trent Takes On. It's uh, not basketball related. We've been dealing with heavy subjects. Although yeah. next up is I'm going to talk about cartoons. So oh, well, you know that's coming this week. You're doing the Lord's work, Trent. Yep. While we get to come on here and talk, uh, uh, make up random off-season stuff to talk about the Clippers, like, <laughs> and you're you're just you're, you're pumping out the real stuff. So we appreciate you doing that. Thank you. And, and then also being able to come in here and tell me how much each center in the NBA makes. Like I don't mm -hmm. know how where you find the time, but I respect it. I have I have lots of time on my hands. Oh, we're gonna to get together and do another tournament of nonsense soon. 
this group yes. before. Mm -hmm. And and I also want to hit a, hit you guys up with another idea right after we stop recording. So oh let's go. Jake, what do you got going on? Uh jakebarnes.com. Um May 20th, we have an MLB drop, uh Dodgers and Angels stuff. So that should be fun. Uh we got a lookbook on the 16th dropping. So That'll be cool. And then we have like a mini doc dropping in June. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, nice. Hey, Jesse, what do you got going on? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Come on, man. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you, got this, you got this podcast you do, huh? Uh, Nothing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a big deal, you know. It's, it's got, all right. Yeah. We, we, only, we only have cool friends, you know. Yeah. It, so. Right. Yeah. You know, some people, some people might hate on our podcast, and you know what I say? Thank you for listening. Hate listens count the same as love listens. Yes, they do. I That's appreciate that. Imagine <laughs> people came in. Imagine people listen to our podcast and was just like, "Oh man, oh I just," <laughs> oh, and then it ends, and they're like, "Man, I hated that. Can't wait for oh, the next one." They just talk about Zubats, and I just. Argh. I, I I hate watch the playoffs right now. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but we appreciate everyone uh, taking time out of their days to listen to our podcast. You know, even if it's just while you're driving, it's in the background or something. You know, you could be doing anything with your time, but you're spending it with us, and we appreciate that. And we are the LA Cliff Forum. Hey, hey, Trent. Cool. Thank you for the outro. Thank oh. you. And we're out. Peace. Thank you for joining Brian Andrew and Jesse Sandoval for this episode of LA Clips Forum. For all the over and backs, loose balls, clear paths, and tip-ins, catch LA Clips Forum every week. The podcast for fans, by fans. Clipper Nation, we'll catch you on the rebound. Oh yeah.